Well, good morning, church. We're changing it up a little bit on you guys this morning. Pastor David is away, and so I get the opportunity of sharing with you this morning. Yay! Thank you. Uh, for those of you who may not know me and I have had the privilege of meeting you, I am the children's pastor here at High Point. My name is Erica, and most of the time I am out with the kids, and I'm not in service, and so it's a privilege for me to be able to be with the grown-ups this morning, and I'll try not to have boys versus girls competitions or, you know, ask you to yell out a question or jump up and do something because that's my nature. But I'm so excited to share with all of you because I don't always get to share with you what's going on in our ministries behind the scenes, kind of, and not in the main service. And sometimes when you guys ask me, you get a whole preaching message within a few minutes because I'm so excited to share with you. So this morning, I just want to speak from my heart and share about some things that we're developing and where ministry is going lately. I, um, I work with the kids in the family ministries here at High Point, and I get to oversee a lot of outreach ministries and opportunities, and I absolutely love being able to minister to people not only on our campus, but also out in the community. You know, there's so many different stereotypes about Christians and, and what we're like and, and how we treat people, and any time that we can extend grace and love on people and knock down all those stereotypes that people have, I absolutely love it. It's a challenge to me to be able to love on people and love them well. We've all been there in those points where we needed to be loved on at some point or another, and it's so fun to be able to return that to them. I have been here at High Point my entire life, so that's now 40 plus years, and um, I've seen a lot of history here, and some of you have known me from wee little bitty growing up, and it's been such a privilege to watch the church in seasons. You know, we've gone through building programs and different leadership styles and seasons of growth and seasons of tight finances and pulling together and giving towards a goal. And we're in a really good place right now, church. We're in a really exciting place, a place where we're building momentum, a place where we're growing and our, our ministries are expanding and they're healthy and our staff and our board are excited and we're diligently seeking the Lord for what he has next and trying to stay in step with him. And we just are set in such a great place and opportunity to be able to reach our community. Not only do we have a great facility in place where we're right in the center of everything, where we really get the attention of our community and what we're doing, but we also have so many opportunities with our faithful giving and being able to give on to others. And God has so richly blessed us that we are able to in turn bless our community in so many different ways. I really enjoy all of our events that we get to put on. It's really fun to get creative and invite families in and give them positive, fun opportunities to hang out with us, to play together. Families are busy, and I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to find time to do positive things together. And so to be able to invite our community in to do things together and to enjoy that time and be in the presence of the Lord is such a fun thing for our families. And it's something that I absolutely love to do. As I've watched our community grow and change, having lived here for so long, it's grown, you know, we've changed, we've changed in businesses, we've changed in size, so many things have changed. And yet some of the things break my heart in the last few years because I don't have to tell you guys a whole bunch of statistics to tell you that we have a lot of negative things growing here too. We have a lot of hopelessness and we have a lot of despair and we have an increase in children put in foster care and juvenile delinquency and mental health issues and addictions, and the list goes on and on, right? We could sit here all day, and it's obvious and it's apparent in our everyday lives lately. And we've become so good at pointing those things out. We're so good at saying, 
boy, isn't this city going to nothing? Oh my goodness, what are we gonna do? I can't even walk to the grocery store without someone asking me for money. And I think that we get so focused on the negative that we get distracted. And seldom do we look for solutions in small ways that we can be a part of that. Where can we volunteer? Where can we make a difference? Where can God use us? And I get it. I get it's frustrating to not be able to go to your city park and feel safe with your children all the time. I get that you don't know if your own car is safe in your own driveway from theft at night. And it's hard. And sadly, these are all things that we process constantly in our lives. But you know, I don't want to sound cliche, but we have the answer here. We all know what the answer is. It's Jesus. These people need a savior. And we have that key and we have that answer. Our community needs to be loved. There are so many people who just need to know that someone loves them and that they matter and that they have a purpose. And sadly, even more so, our children. When you go out and you're doing campus ministry and you're out with our teenagers and those rough kids that you say, how can they behave that way? How can they act that way? Because they don't know they're important. They're trying to get attention. They're trying to find someone who cares enough to say, no, don't do that. There's a better way. And that can be us. They just need a savior. They just need to know the love of God in this dying and sad world. So some of us probably think, you know, how can I do this? I can't save my whole city. I'm not good at witnessing. I'm not gonna go out and preach on the corners. What are you even talking about? What do you mean? I just mean one person at a time. Just that one person in your day, that one person that God puts in front of you that you could change their day, whether it's a cashier, it's your neighbor, it's the child next door. Just being aware and open and telling God yes in the morning, telling him, yes, I will be open to what you have for me. I will look for those people in my life. I won't just have my head down in my daily requirements and commitments, but I will look around. So as we think about this, I wanna look into the Bible in Luke chapter 10. I have the NIV version today. It'll be up on the screens for you guys if you don't have your Bible with you. This is probably a familiar story to a lot of you. But in Luke 10, verse 25, it reads, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, and how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? I love how Jesus comes right back with him with another question. You're gonna question me, I'm gonna ask you, what do you think? What do you think the law says? How do you think we apply this? The man answers him correctly. Jesus says, do this and you will live. But this man does not satisfied with this. He wants to justify his thinking, and so he asks him who his neighbor is. I think Sometimes there's those of us that need to spell it out. Okay, Jesus, so you're telling me that, you know, I have to love on these people, but who is it? You know, really, who am I required? Is it really the person that drives me crazy? Is it really that rough around the edges person that I don't really want to have to explain things to? You know, who do I really have to love on? And I think that's what he's asking here. He really wants Jesus to spell out exactly the requirements of who we must love. So he goes on, and in verse 30, Jesus begins to paint this picture. I love how he loves to tell a story and to use a parable to be able to teach these huge truths. And so he continues on and in reply, Jesus said, so a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, but beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. 
A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to this place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring out oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave him to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So here Jesus paints the story, a, a very clear picture of who his neighbor is. We have this poor man who's just trying to travel down the street. He is stripped of his clothes. He is robbed. He is beaten. He is left for dead. He's desperate. He's in a desperate situation. He cannot help himself. He cannot save himself. He is waiting for help. Along comes this priest and a Levite. They both come by. They completely pass him on the other side of the road. Don't want to go near him. I'm sure they had important things to do. You know, good things, probably good things. They probably had a ceremony to perform or a group of people to teach. They were busy. They had things to do. Who wants to go near the man that they don't know how to help? They completely cross onto the other side of the road. Then we have the Samaritan man. Samaritans were not looked on as a high racial group. They were seen as lowly. They were a mixed racial group. People did not see them as, as someone that they wanted to approach. But he stepped outside of that comfort zone and he walked right up to the man because he was so moved with compassion in his heart that he couldn't possibly walk past him. Not only does he walk up to the man to check on him to see what he needs, but he begins to give of himself. He begins to bandage up his wounds, treat them with his own oil, uses his own resources, his own donkey to take the man to an inn and is willing to pay the bill for him to be cared for as he recovers. Which one of us do we fit in the story? If we were to put ourselves into one of these characters, where would we fit? Are we busy looking at our own daily schedule, worrying and focusing about what we need to work on? Maybe it's all positive things. We're just really busy people. But are we so busy that we're so in tunnel vision that we don't even see the hurting outside of us, the people that are around us that God has placed on our path that we're to meet? Are we the Samaritan person who has the compassion, who notices those around us, who needs the hand up, who needs to be bandaged, who needs to be taken for care, who needs to be brought to the Savior? He stepped outside of his comfort zone. He gave up himself. He gave up not only his resources, he gave his time. I'm sure he had things to do that day too, but it probably took a lot of his day to go and take care of this man, to take him away where he could receive care and to make sure that he was cared for. Jesus was making the point that our neighbors are all the people around us every day. It's all those people we come encounter with, all those people who he's set in our path purposefully to be able to touch them and to lead them to Jesus. I don't have the same story that you guys have, and I may not touch people in the city in the same way you do, and God has that all intricately planned, and that amazes me that God is such a God of detail that he knows who you're gonna come encounter with and who you're gonna rub elbows with and who you're gonna encourage each and every day. And if we dismiss that and we're distracted and we're not following the Lord's lead, we can rob someone of a blessing. We're robbing ourselves of a blessing because we don't get to share with them. And yet it's so easy to become so focused on what we have to do in a day 
and our own goals and our own needs and our own requirements and miss out on blessing those around us. Not only can we individually reach people, but as a church, we are called to be a place of refuge for people, aren't we? For our community, we are called to be a place where the hurting can come in and feel comfortable, that you can come as you are, and we are gonna show you to Jesus, and we are gonna welcome you with open arms. And I love the definition of hospitality because I think it is something that we can use as our goal for our ministries in the church. It is so appropriate. Hospitality is the friendly and generous reception of and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. I love that. We are such a friendly church. I hear all the time people say, you know, your greeters are so friendly. I was shown to my seat. I was greeted by so many people. You guys are just such a welcoming church. That can make all the difference in a visitor's experience. If they feel welcome, if they feel like they're a part, if they feel like they are intrusive to our service, if they feel like we bo- they bothered us, they may never come back. And that may leave them with a bad taste of church in general. But if we are showing them hospitality and gentle reception and acceptance of them, no matter whether they're noisy, they brought in a kid, they, you know, fo- their phone goes off in the message, whatever it might be, if they are accepted and loved, it's gonna make the world of difference in their lives. We are definitely a church that is very community-minded, and I'm so proud of each and every one of our ministry leaders that thinks not only how we can benefit and grow and raise up our people in our church, but also how are we gonna affect our community? How can we invite people in to join us and to be a part of our church family? And one area that we've been talking about quite a bit lately is developing our special needs ministry. And we have found that it's just such a great need in our area. And there's so many families who would never step out and ask for help or ask for resources because they wouldn't wanna burden us. They wouldn't wanna burden the church. They don't wanna be a bother. They don't want to put us in the spot. And yet they are very isolated at times because they don't wanna bother anybody. And they don't want to ask for extra accommodations or things. And so, we began to look at this need in our community and people began to reach out and parents began to message me and it just became apparent that this is something that we really needed to do. And I know there's a few of you that I've talked to that have said, wow, wow, I don't know if you know what you're doing here. This is a really big undertaking. This is gonna be really hard and it's gonna be a lot of work. And I just have to tell them over and over, but God says to do it. God is calling us to do this. We can't deny what God is putting together. And there is a huge, huge need for it. So one of them, reason number one, why are we doing this? Because there's a need, a huge need. 15% of the world's population has a special need. Over one billion people in the world. In our county alone, 900 people are served by Far Northern Regional Center. 900 people. The need is there. And I don't know of ministries out there in our community that people can count on to come in and be accepted and loved on and accommodated like that. Reason number two, every single person was created with a purpose. Every single one. If you believe in God, that God created every single being and put everything into motion, you know that God created every single one of us with a purpose. There is a reason why you're here on this earth. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Psalms 139, 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being, 
You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made in the image of God, Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Regardless of our abilities, disabilities, gifts, talents, whatever, every single person was created with a purpose. If we are not including all people in our community, we are not complete in our family, in our church family. If we are leaving people out, we are not reaching groups of people that need it in our community, we're missing out on part of God's plan, his body, his purpose for us. Number three, all of us are broken and are needing a savior. We're all in need of a savior. It doesn't matter what your physical abilities are, what your capabilities are, what you, you know, feel your value is. All of us are broken, all of us are in need of a savior. None of us are better than the next person. We all need a place in the church for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all need forgiveness. We all need to know Jesus, no matter what we've been through. And number four, why do we wanna start this ministry? Because we wanna be a support system. We wanna be a source of encouragement for these families and people. We wanna be a safe place for people with special needs to grow, to build relationships, to grow their relationship in the Lord. We all feel the need to belong. No matter who you are, we all wanna belong somewhere and we wanna be that place for them to belong. I have asked this morning for three dynamic ladies to come and join me up here today because when I speak on special needs, I have a limited experience in history and I bring a lot of secondhand information and I really wanted these ladies to join me this morning and to share from their heart and their experience. Ladies, will you come join me? We are just gonna um, discuss a few questions this morning and share with you our hearts for this ministry and why we are beginning it and why we are so passionate about it and why we are jumping in. I don't know, there's something about a mama's heart. And this morning I wanted you guys to hear from these women because they are dynamic women who are advocates for their children. They are a driving force behind this ministry. I could not do it without them because I am learning from them what is needed, what is out there, and so much more. They're just wonderful women. And um, I wanna start with Zandi because Zandi has been such a driving force and she just she's gonna speak to how we came about with this ministry, but she has just had such a passion for her people. <laughs> They're her people and her calling. And I just wanted her to share, why are we doing this? What is the need out there? Why start this? Breathe. <sighs> um, <clears throat> So why are we starting this and, and what is the need? Um, I have worked, and I have notes because I can't do this without notes. Um, I have worked in special needs for the past 18 years in both the public and private sectors. And most programs that are available to this population have some tie to state funds, whether it be through the public schools or programs that are vendored through the state of California. And as you know, there is a very thin line when it comes to allowing God and faith into our public schools and into um, vendor programs. And many of those vendor programs are afraid um, 
afraid that their funding will be pooled if they feel they're, if the state feels they're crossing the line. Um, so this leaves a really big gray area when if families and individuals, okay. oh, sorry, this leaves a very big gray area um, when families and individuals need to find a way to discover and have access to churches, to activities and in events where they can expand and grow their faith. Um, about two years ago, I saw Erica in the grocery store, and at that time I declared my desire verbally and out loud for the very first time. <laughs> I'd been thinking it in my head, but I finally declared it. Um, the need to start a special needs ministry. I had no idea what it would look like or if there was a real need, but God had put it on my heart and he needed me to move on it. Um, after I spoke with Erica in the grocery store that day, two things happened. Um, number one was the pandemic. I was working for the state at the time and I saw families and individuals with special needs and what I saw and heard were families all over this county searching for answers. Many were scared and confused. Many had been told that faith alone could not save them and that they had to follow certain medical protocols to protect themselves. Um, many of their lives were disrupted they were taken out of schools and work and programs that um, had come that they had come to rely on for their social and emotional connections, um, as well as educational and vocational training. Many individuals and families were isolated due to the rural area that we live in, and the state of California was failing them. And as an employee of the state, it killed me to keep my mouth shut and. Um, and to not lead them to the church. And if you know me at all, you know exactly how hard that was for me. <laughs> um, the second thing that happened was that families started reaching out to Erica and searching for a place for their children to come and learn and worship. They didn't know about the conversation that Erica and I had in the grocery store, but God did. And that's when he started to move this ministry and get the wheels turning. Definitely. So we've worked on goals and plans and all of these things. Do you want to share what our mission and goal is for our ministry here? Um, is it, we have yes, we do have a slide for it up here. Okay. Let me throw the slide up. I will, I will read our mission, and it is to encourage, support, and guide families with special needs while providing a safe environment for children and youth to come as they are and engage with like-minded peers to grow in their relationship with the Lord. And that's pretty simple because if you just take out the word special need and children and youth, our mission is simply the same as any other mission in this church, and it is to support each other and grow in, in God's word. That's a great point. And Angel, I would love for you to share, coming from the perspective of a mom with a child with special needs who desires so greatly for him to know the Lord, just as any other child, what are some things that might hinder a family from coming to church or things that they have to think about that people normally don't have to? Well, um, every special needs child is different. So I can't tell you how every child is going to act, only how my child is acting acts when he goes to church. Um, <clears throat> people and sound, um, it's an adjustment and we have to work through those things. Um, 
he, um, I, I just want to say how great God is. <clears throat> so I'm going to go off script. <laughs> but um, last summer I called Erica because I was going to volunteer for um, the summer camp for the children. And I told her that I would rather work with younger or special needs children. And she said, oh, do you work with special needs children? And I had worked in um, special needs uh, for Tampa County Department of Education for 15 years. And, um, and I said, yeah, and I have a son who has autism. And she, um, she said, well, we're starting this program. I had been praying, and I'm a crier, so <laughs> I had been praying before this that, um, because I want my whole family to be a part of church. And when you have a special needs child, um, it's hard to get your whole family in because someone has to stay back at home because he's, he, it takes him a while to adjust to things and community or uh, the music. I love worship, and that's my goal. <laughs> but um, when she said that, I immediately started crying on the phone thinking, oh my goodness, I've been praying about this, and now she's telling me we're starting this program at, at the church. And so God was immediately answering my prayers, which was amazing. And, um, but every child is so different. And, and I know that when they come, they just want to be treated like any other child. They're a little bit louder. They're a little bit like, you know, wily coyote sometimes. Um, he'll come in one door and if there's a big crowd out, he'll squawk and run out the other side and okay that was good we did that but it's time consuming and uh it takes time and so I slowly by slowly I know God is working because he's already answered prayers um in order for my family to be able to come here and us be together um I will tell you one time I'm gonna say I'm just gonna interrupt again <laughs> But we did come to a family night, um, and <clears throat> a family night, and he, he, he walked into where every, the families all come and eat, and while he was in there, um, he went straight into the gym, and he went straight up to Nolan, I think it was, and he, he's come to like the outside activities, he loves the outside activities, he loves to be around, he loves outside. I'm looking forward to Monday, where's Anthony? <laughs> but... Um, but uh, so he's come to those things, but when coming into the, into the sanctuary or into the foyer, it's uh, a little bit nervous. He gets nervous and um, he's unsure and he's nervous and he's, you know, we ha I have to make him feel safe at all times. Um, but when we went to the family night one night, um, he, he was a, uh, he came in, he went straight into the gymnasium with Nolan and grabbed Nolan. He, he immediately saw Nolan's heart, I think, and started pulling on him towards uh, the, the hallway, towards the sanctuary. And um, I told him, DeAndre, mommy will go with you. And so we started walking and it was dark in here and um, the doors were open. And anytime he's been here, there's been, you know, a lot of noise. And so when he came, he walked in. It was all dark down the hallway. It was dark in the sanctuary. And he stood at the door. And I stood next to him. He was just all, like, 
what's going on in there now? Because it was dark. And I'm like, DeAndre, this is where mommy comes to worship Jesus. This is where mommy comes to worship Jesus. And he grabbed my hand and walked in this door and looked at me and said, Jesus, Jesus. And for a little boy who has very few words, mostly nonverbal, I was like, yes, this is where mommy comes to worship Jesus. I go, let's sit down. And we sat down and he was just, you know, if you, autism, they're, they're stimming a lot. My son stims and he was just looking at me and smiling, but he felt, he felt Jesus. He felt good and he was so happy and so um. I went home just like, I I ran in and told Anthony, I probably scared Anthony to death because he's just like, what? You know, and I'm like, no, listen. And and I was just so elated and and I got home and I told my, my husband and one of my sons and outside and then my son DeAndre went inside. My oldest son was inside. I have three boys. And um, my oldest boy comes out and he's like, Mom, DeAndre keeps saying Jesus. I'm like, I know, I know. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, it's just, he said it for two days, you know, and I haven't heard it since. Um, but I just know that we have the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. And I am so thankful for um, God working in the way he works. And he, he's continuing to work. And I'm just so thankful. And he's going to get here. He's going to be here. And my number one thing is like, he's going to be in here. And we're going to be singing and dancing with all of you. <laughs> but if, and all he wants is to be accepted. He wants to be treated like a regular little boy. You know, he feels... He feels our vibes, and and I and and I know sometimes we'll go to school, um, and schools are different. You know, he's not integrated a lot, um, so he doesn't get to see regular behaviors a lot with regular general education children. He's stuck in a classroom; they don't take him out a lot. Me as his mom, I drag him everywhere, uh, any place I can take him, but then you're not accepted either. A lot of times people will just look at you and it's not their fault. It's just because they don't know how to interact with a child. And so um, I just know that we all have God's love and there's nothing like love. Um, And it has changed my son because he knows he's loved. And even though uh, the pandemic happened, um, DeAndre came into our life uh, later in life. And, and so the pandemic was almost a uh, blessing for our family because he no longer had, he was stuck with us at home and he didn't have to go other places and be afraid that we weren't gonna come back and get him. And so us being stuck at home was a blessing um, where he finally realized that he's not going anywhere and we love him and we're never gonna let him go. And so to have him have that experience and to have him have um, more family, you know, is going to be amazing and it's going to take time and um, work and, but it's going to happen because God is good and he does so many miracles and I've seen him. <laughs> so Absolutely. 
So um, thank you so much for sharing your perspective because it, it's, it helps us so much more to understand where you're coming from, what our needs are, what our goals are. Um, I really wanted Mitzi to share this morning because she is a fiery powerhouse when it comes to her kiddos. And I just want her to share because I think sometimes we discount people who are different than us and we discount children with special needs and even adults. And we don't value them getting to know the Lord and coming to know the Lord. And sometimes I think people even don't think that they can know the Lord and develop a relationship. And she has a personal experience with this with her daughter that I really wanted her to share because it is very powerful. Would you share it with us? Yes, and I will do my best to not absolutely lose it. Um, So I have the way that I found out that Kinley was saved. And I have written it down in a story. And this happened a couple years ago. A few years ago, more than a couple. Um, but I had previously been told it's not a big deal if, they don't, if they're not saved because, you know, the accountability issue, which is a belief that um, I'm not really up on or because whatever. Because of the age of accountability. The age of accountability, off. yes. Um, so that I was told it's, it's just not that big of a deal. And I'm like, but... It, it should be. It, that's what our charge as parents from God. Um, so, you know, that was very heavy on my heart. So I'm going to share her story. It all started with a phone call. I was having a short conversation about our family and the Breathe Ministry. To Kinley, it was not a short conversation. It was a long, drawn-out conversation to which she repeatedly kept asking, is the phone call over? You see, Kinley loves music, actually. That's not accurate. She is obsessed with music. She loves to listen to music in the car, and she loves to hear songs from beginning to end. And if she misses even a few words of that song, she will ask, can we start it over? Because to her, if we missed even a small amount of the song, she has missed all of it. I've told her countless times that we cannot restart a song that is on the radio or is played in church as I don't have control over what is or is not played. She still wants to hear it from beginning because this is how much she loves music. Did I mention she has difficulty moving past an event? Well, she does. Weeks and even months past an event that didn't go her way, she will remind me that she missed the song or whatever it was that she missed. She even tells me which song it was when she, that she missed all those weeks ago. To Kinley, it is not about me talking to someone on the phone. To her, it is about missing the music and not a bit of me trying to convince her that there is no more, that there will be more songs after the phone call. Nope, it is about her missing the music. You see, Kinley is all about consistency and her having things happen the same way every time. And since this is not how life goes with consistency, she finds solace in the fact that when we are in the car, we listen to music. Now that you know how much she loves music, we will continue with the story. The phone call ended, and I turned the music back up so she could listen to one song from beginning to end. Thinking that this, was, this one song was sufficient to keep her happy for the 10-minute re- prescription pickup, we headed inside. It was not sufficient. As we walked through the door, Kinley tapped me on the shoulder and told me, I miss the music, she said as she made her sad face, which really looks like she licked a lemon. I told her we were just going to pick up something and then we would be 
back to the car and listen to more music. No, it's not okay, she replied back. I hate phone calls, she told me, as she stomped her foot once again and showed her sad face. This continued for... This continued for the entire time it took me to walk to the pharmacy, which in reality took no time at all since it was right inside the doors of the store, but this time it seemed to take forever because she reminded me every couple of steps that she had missed the music and she hates phone calls. No matter what I said, it was not, no matter what I said, it was not good enough. I was at my wit's end and she was being relentless in her utterances, which had now turned into screaming and crying. I am sure that she thought that I did not understand how much the music meant to her. Then I had one of those nudges, you know, one of those God nudges, where I felt like I should tell her why I was on the phone. This is what I had said. I know you miss the music. I know you love music. But I was on the phone with someone talking to them about Breeze at church. I was telling them how much it meant to our family for our church to have Breeze and how much it impacted our lives so that other autistic kids come to breathe too. I'm sorry, I skipped something. I know you miss the music, and I know that you love music, but I was on the phone with someone talking to them about Breathe at church. I was telling them how much it meant to our family to have Breathe and how much it impacted our lives. So, so, and talk to them about it so other kids could come to breathe too. She responded with one simple, oh, I thought finally she would stop and give me two seconds of peace so I could pick up the prescription. So as I stood in line and waited, knowing that she would only, knowing that she was only a couple of seconds away from giving another round of missed music and hated phone calls, I hear a slight giggle from behind me and something, something whizzed by in front of me. I wasn't sure what I saw. I saw, I heard another familiar giggle this time louder, and this time more mindful that something was about to whiz by. It was Kinley. I was in shock. Certainly this is not my daughter that was giggling and running circles around me, was it? I spun around to catch back up to where she was on her run. Yep, it was Kinley, and she was happy and giggling and running. The giggly giggle was different than her normal giggle. It was more carefree, boundless and joyful, like the way she used to giggle when she was little. I could not believe that in a matter of seconds, she went from the unhappiest crying in tear, unhappiest girl crying in tears to a joyful, happy, giggly girl that could not be happier. She went from complete meltdown mode to the most joyful, happy, carefree girl. I stopped her to ask her why she was so happy. All she could do was giggle. No words would form. She would start to giggle and words would burst out of her. And giggles would burst out of her. I asked her, are you happy because other kids like Kinley would get to come to church to hear about, are you happy because other kids would like to, like Kinley would be able to come to church and hear about Jesus? A burst of laughter came as she nodded and tried to say yes which sounded like, yeah. I was in shock. She is saved. She has Jesus living in her heart, and she knows it. Not only that, but she recognizes the difference that, she, that he has made in her life, and she wants that for others. I cannot express to you how much this means to us as a family. I don't know when it happened, but it happened. 
Kinley has accepted Jesus as her savior. She will be that one giggling and running circles around God's throne. Such a powerful story. I love it. <laughs> You're fine, absolutely. Oh, great job. I know that we've talked about the support that you've had in the past from churches and good experiences, bad experiences from acceptance and, and not feeling accepted in a church. Um, and, but we have talked about, we have you know, many goals, there's so many different things you can do with a ministry like this. And I know one of your greatest desires is to have a support group for parents to be able to come together and to be able to encourage each other and to share resources and to have someone in your corner who knows what you go through on a daily basis. We don't all understand if we haven't been there. And I know that's something that you would love to see happen and something that we've been working on that we want to develop because it's so important. Like any parent, you know, needs the support of knowing that you're not the only one going through struggles. And when you have someone who specifically knows more about what your day is like, it just, it's powerful. So that's one of the areas that I know that we've been working on and what you would like for your family. And, um, and just more interaction for peers and, and for Kinley. And I really appreciate she, how long have you guys been here at High Point? I was trying to remember the other day. It's been a few. It's been one year, exactly. It's been one year. Um, she has been such a powerhouse and driving force of making sure that I know what their family needs. And I really appreciate that about you. You didn't just come in and slip in the back door. You came in and you expressed the need to us. You let us know what we can do to help. And that's, that's, I know that's, you know, vulnerability and that's hard, but it just, it means so much to us to be able to help you and come alongside you. And so I appreciate your driving force, your pushing, your advice and all of that. And just, and being patient with us because, you know, one of the things that draws us back from doing something like this is it's kind of scary. You know, we don't want to get it wrong. All of us up here have done the work behind this, trying to do it well, and we don't want to offend and we don't want to do things wrong, but I appreciate that you also have given us grace to learn and to grow with you to be able to support you because we're not going to get it all right and we're not all perfect. And like Angela has mentioned, has you mentioned about children, it's just not always the same. I mean, that's a rule with kids in general, but when they also have special needs and things, it's just, it's not always going to be perfect and pretty and that's okay. And we're willing to do that, but we need to have that grace and we need to have that patience as a whole church family for those families to know that they just need a little extra loving sometimes and some patience. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, Zandi, is that oftentimes I think people and even adults, maybe even more so, adults in the church that have special needs are often overlooked and often are not sought out for their giftings and their talents and do not receive help to find their place in the church to serve. Is there a place that they can serve in the church? Um, yes, absolutely. We have a place for them to serve and they should. Um, it seems like Jesus has just manifested this, this ministry and it's just, they're, they're coming to us now. Um, there's a place for everyone at this church to serve. I have people asking me weekly and daily how they can serve. Um, I have people that are hearing about our ministry and bringing... I worked in, in, had a lot of adults and I had the residential facilities and I had individuals and I have them calling me and saying, my client wants to serve, my client wants to come to church. They're bringing their clients to church so they can kind of get acclimated and get comfortable here. Um, 
They have certain ministries that they want to serve on. They want to serve on the food pantry. They want to be greeters. They want to work, um, you know, like maintenance and groundskeeping and, and um, you know, security or extra bodies at events. Um, and I think it's important to remember um, that God chose to create these individuals with different abilities but not without abilities, and we have to tap into that, and we have to we have to honor their abilities that they do have, and give them a place here to serve because they're hungry. They're hungry to serve, and they're hungry to be served. And I think it's amazing because we're offering them independence and giving them a place where they can be on their own and come into their own giftings and flourish, and we can watch them grow in where they love to serve in their areas of enjoyment, and that's huge. Like I was saying earlier, we all wanna belong somewhere, we all wanna feel needed, and that's a huge thing. I really, really appreciate all of you ladies for joining me this morning. I know it's not your favorite thing to get up in front of people and share, but I really wanted you guys to hear from them because I can't speak from their hearts in the same way and we just wanted to share with you and share with you where we're coming from, the, you know, the motive behind this, where we're headed. We really need as a church for our church family to all back us in and be one united for this cause to build up this ministry. And I also need your help for reaching beyond our church walls. Those that you know that are around you, if you know someone who is an adult with special needs that would love to get involved, if it's a family you know, we want you to share information with them. Um, we're gonna kick things off next month. We have a couple events coming up. We're gonna do a family night just for our High Point Hero families just to come in and get to know us because we wanna start offering respite nights and things, but we wanna build trust with them too and we wanna get to know them. So if you know of a family that could use a night away Send them to our family night. Send them to our respite night. Help them come connect with us. Um, after I dismiss us in prayer, we're gonna have a table out here. Zanny and I will be out in the foyer and we have event flyers. We have some information for families. We have information for volunteers. There's gonna be a huge need for one-on-one -on -one help, just a buddy for a lot of the kids and adults that just need someone to um, assist them. There's gonna be needs for just volunteers that wanna come hang out with them on respite nights and give parents the much needed break that they need. Um, there's a lot of opportunities. So if God is laying that on your heart and that's something that you'd like to come help with, you know, come chat with us. We would love to have more volunteers and help in that. And we would love to share resources with our families and our community. So as you see me putting that stuff up in the family group on Facebook and you see the surveys going out in emails, um, please give us your feedback, you know, share with others, invite others to be a part of this because I really don't know of anything else in our community like this. And I really want to you know, reach out and reach those communities that are our families that are in our community. Um, thank you for listening to all of us today. Um, I'm just so thankful to be able to have the opportunity to share and we're excited to get started and, and reach families out there. And God has definitely ordained this and brought this all together. And um, we're excited. I just wanna pray a prayer of dismissal for us. Father God, we are so grateful that you care about each and every one of us, Lord. There is no difference in your eyes, Father God. No matter what our abilities are, our disabilities are, our drawbacks, our hangups, Lord, you see us as your perfect child, Lord. I pray that you would continue to give us wisdom, Father God, in this leadership team, Lord, as we are building and we are reaching out to families, Father God. I pray that the word would spread, Father God, through our community and we would be a source of support and encouragement and resourcing for our families and the community, Lord. 
I pray that this would just be another way, Father God, of ministry that we can do well to touch our community, Father God. I pray that we would move on the hearts of your people, Lord. You know those people that you are whispering to now that, Father God, could be a great help and resource to our families, to our kids, to our adults that need this program so much, Father God. I pray that you would just be in it and walk with us, Father God. Guide us so that we can do this well. Be with my church family, Lord, this week, Father God, as they are out in the community. Father God, I pray that they would touch lives. You would keep their hand of, your hand of protection on them, Father God, until we meet again next week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.